Oh, welcome to the Luca Pete Show. It is Monday the 30th of May, which means it is 30 days since my birthday. How have I grown since I'm turned 41? Not very much, has to be said. <laughs> I'm barely done. I've, I've not got any better. In fact, I'm going backwards, to be honest. If I could choose anything for you to grow into in the move to your 40s, I think I would choose Juggalo. What do you mean? You want me to become a Juggalo? Yes, I do. <laughs> so if I turned up to this recording with full Juggalo... Uh, makeup. Is that, I mean, is that something you'd really want to see? Well, oh, yes. A hundred percent, yes. <laughs> I definitely want you to reckon? see that. And I want you also to explain in your own words to people who don't know what a juggalo is, what they are. It's uh, the uh, the people who really, 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 really like uh, the um, new metal slash rap outfit, the Insane Clown Posse. Um, they are the Juggalos and the Juggalettes. Uh, they are people who paint their faces in the same sort of clown, black and white clown makeup uh, that, that, that they do. Um, and uh, yeah, that's about it, really. They, they have um, conventions. They hang out together. They are frequently problematic. Sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're evil. But they just—they're just like they're weird black and white clown people. There's a, there's who, a, there's uh, a lot more to it, mate. I, I really want to give you the list of um, the I think nine things that make up um, the Juggalo subculture as per the Wikipedia okay. page. Okay. Is this like, a, is this like a, the, the Ten Commandments? Do you know what this annoys me about this show, right? I right. do actually do some prep sometimes. I know it's, it's yeah. impromptu, but and I'll yeah. say I'll do prep. I'll put a few bullet yeah. points down and say, look, I wouldn't mind talking about this. And then, yeah. then something will pop into my head and it'll yeah. be Peter's a Juggalo and, yeah. and, and, and that'll be it. <laughs> that'll be it. There's no point in doing anything. Like, there's no point. I never learn. <laughs> anyway, so yeah. for some reason we're I'd now bother. doing juggalo stuff, but we yeah, are going to now exactly. do the nine things that you that is kind of make up the characteristics of <laughs> a member of what they call the juggalo subculture, yeah. the juggalo family. So, and you've covered yeah. a couple of them, right? A couple of them might be surprising. So, um, number one is drinking and spraying the inexpensive soft drink Fago. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that was part of it. Yeah, I don't think I've ever had that before. No, same. Uh, mm. listening to horrorcore and other types of underground rap music, which I think you kind of covered. Um, right. Wearing Number three is wearing face paint, generally those either like an evil clown or perhaps mm. similar to corpse paint. That's three. Okay. Number four is wearing hatchet gear or Chapter 17 branded clothes, um, which I think is basically the merch arm of Psychopathic Records, which I think is Insane Clown Posse's record label, I think. Right, I see. Um yeah. Having the Hatchet Man logo applied on personal effects and worn as jewellery. Okay, um, yeah. That's number five. Number six, doing hair in the spider legs style. Now, you could, you've definitely done well, that like, in the past, haven't you? What, like as in like, um, little different, like curtains, but thin No, little kind spiky of... things all over the place. Oh, yes, okay, with little rubber bands, I see. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> displaying the gesture of Wicked Clown with the left hand and the C sign in the right with the arms crossed over. So I'm kind of like, to... kind of like this. Okay, right. Yeah. It's but it's just kind of like it's just cool? people having a bit of fun, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I'm doing the others, so you forget it. Okay. Right. Okay. Um, fine. Right, yeah. Making and responding to whoop whoop calls. <laughs> That's a weird whoop, one. Whoop. And the final one is expressing a generally tongue-in-cheek obsession with murder committed with a blade weapon. <laughs> Which I think is weird. They left that one till the end. Have you seen? Um, have you seen the wrestler uh, Danhausen? I haven't. I'll Google image him now. You, tell me about, tell me well, about I'll show, him. I can show you on the stream. I think there we go. Yeah, can you see that? Can you see that guy? 
What, did you have that ready to go? No, I just downloaded it and dragged it into the screen. Yeah, he looks cool. Yeah. he's he uh, cool? He's like, he sort of talks like, I can't do an impression of it, but he kind of goes, mm, very good, very evil. And he's sort of like, he's like a kind of, um, what would you call him? He's kind of like a Simpsons character sort of thing. Right. But he uh, but he got signed by AEW, and he's, he's a very interesting chap. I, I recommend anyone who's a big fan of um, the, 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 the visual aesthetic of the Juggalo, uh, check out Dan Housen as a wrestler. It's, it, the, the, the thing about being like a wrestler, in a wrestler where you fa- face paint yourself all the time, you've got to just live your life like that. Yeah. Yeah. All the time, and and it's and, and if you're at an event and you're there all day, you're just constantly touching up your makeup. He's got white yeah. paint. He wears a lot of dark clothes. That's going to be everywhere, isn't it? It's a nightmare, you, absolute nightmare. Yeah, do you do you talk about AEW on WrestleMania? Yeah, we, we we we've touched on it here and there. But it's, it's, but it's we apparently went to a really see... good. It's a really good thing at the moment, right? It's much better than WWE, right? Well, we we went to see um, one of the other kind of things that Tony Khan uh, bought. Obviously, owner of Fulham, but he also has AEW. He also bought Ring of Honor, a different one, a different smaller uh, setup. Yeah. And Dan Housen was sat in in uh, Tony Khan's uh, box, but he's just like having a Pepsi and he's just watching the match. But he's dressed in full fist pin. He's just sat down. He's got a broken leg. He can't wrestle. So nobody would necessarily know that it was Dan Housen, but he's just always got to be there in his silly, silly makeup. But yeah, AEW is um, it's kind of the place to be. Uh, we went, when we went to WrestleMania, that that kind of uh, it, they did a very, very good show. But uh, AEW is very much where the where the good wrestling is and where the thoughtful wrestling is. It's where the where the where the proper wrestling heads go to uh, to enjoy. Right, it's, 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 it's the Bundesliga. It's the Bundesliga. It's 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 La Liga. It's 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 something that it's a really good it. league. With really good quality stuff. Is it socially but, more conscious and stuff? Yes, yes, uh, yeah, definitely. I was going to say because a lot of WWE slash WWF has dated quite badly. Oh it? yeah, definitely. Yeah, we, we're we're heading in as WrestleMania. We're heading into uh, a place we've never been before, which is the Attitude Area era. So fuck you, fuck yeah. you. Yeah, two fingers. What, who up. Who were some of the big wrestlers from that era? Ah, uh, Stone Cold probably. The Rock came out of that as well. Ah, oh, the fucking Rock right. is so good. <laughs> like I don't know anything about wrestling and this isn't a wrestling show but very very briefly like you don't need to know anything about wrestling to watch vintage The Rock and go fucking hell that man is a charisma machine but uh, the thing that gets me is that um, when wrestlers get jobs in the real world aka in Hollywood um, oh yeah famously the real world <laughs> Hollywood they uh, they uh, the, the directors are always surprised that these guys can ad lib like John Cena is uh, I think he's one of the Marvel uh, dickheads, isn't he? Um, but no, Batista's the... Marvel, isn't he? John Cena's not Marvel, is he? John Cena's got a, got a Marvel. There's so many characters now, Luke. Anyone? I've got one. I'm like the, the shit, the real shit. Uh, and John I come out of toilets and I and I fight crime. Um, yeah, John Cena's in in a Marvel thing. I think he's he's one of the characters, but he's he's got a helmet and all set up and whatever. I think it's Marvel. Right. It might be. I don't think it's DC. Um, but he. Uh... Oh no, he's in Suicide Squad, isn't he? Yes, yeah, but he's one of them characters, and so they've done a full series of that guy, that fucking character. Yeah, Peacemaker, it's not Marvel, fucking hell. What's Peacemaker then? DC? Peacemaker's DC, it's part of the Suicide Squad. All right. He's part of the Suicide Squad. Cool. Doesn't matter, carry on. Cool for you. (laughs) Cool story, bro. (laughs) Cool story, bro. Um, But he, but like, the director that directed him in in the show is like genuinely surprised that, um, that he can, like, he can sort of freestyle and he can kind of like, just have a bit of a giggle with the material. Like that's what wrestlers do every fucking night. These guys yeah. are like charisma machines, and if they're not, they don't become big stars. You know, it's it's it's, it's almost like in in its own way, it's basically like theatre, right? Yeah, exactly. And it, and a lot of it is just made up on the spot. Yeah, like Vince McMahon's um, quads. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> I speak in the theatre. I went to the theatre last week to see uh, Rafe Spall in To Kill a Mockingbird. Oh, good. Okay. Oh, it's good? so good. It's mate. Honestly, it was so good. Have you? Have you, you are you familiar with the book? The the money's. I'm familiar with the book. I'm familiar with the film. The money's in Joel's house now. That was something different. That's a beautiful life. Same character though. Same guy. <laughs> you okay? Atticus Finch. Yeah, Atticus and Finch. Scout. And Played by Gregory Jen? Peck in um, the film. Right. That's what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Peckles. Yeah. Gregory Peckles. So Rafe Spall plays Atticus Finch in the in the stage play, mm. which is currently at the West End. But it's a reimagining by Aaron Sorkin. Oh, cool. Yeah, so it's actually really interestingly done. Yeah. Like, it's clever. Um, they essentially get Scout and Jem to narrate the story and they kind of drift in and out of the scenes. So they also behave as narrators, but they then find themselves drifting into the scenes when the scenes change and stuff. It's cl- cleverly I see, done. right, okay. But, but one of the things that... I, I, get, I don't know if this is like an obvious thing to say. I hope it isn't. Um, and, and, and I hope people listening will understand what I mean. Like, when you see genuinely good powerful theater acting yeah it's almost like quite primarily affecting like it's it's um, i found like um, i found what race ball was able to do uh, absolutely amazing it was incredible mm. his performance like he he had all everyone in the audience like in the palm of his hand yeah like and and he's, he's almost never off the stage either so the amount of lines you have to learn and the amount of Especially things you have to Sarkin remember as well oh yeah it was it, it was it was incredibly good it really was brilliant is it, um, is it has it been updated for like the youth? Is it like rapping in it and stuff? No, no, no. It's very Atticus classic, Finch yeah. gonna stop this Lynch. I'd love you. I'd love to see a Pete Donaldson written version. That'd be so good. Um, but uh, that was a good little rhyme, by the way. Very apt. thanks, mate. Yeah, but um, but it was very affecting. I, I think you know there were people clearly there who didn't know the story. Um, who well, what a treat! Went, I mean, yeah, it's, pretty, it ha- it's pretty. It's pretty affecting and transpired. It? They, people were properly like shocked and stuff. Does he? Does he? Does Atticus Finch uh, shoot the dog? Do they? Do they call back to when he shot the dog? Because um, Scout and Jem thought that his dad was like a bit of a loser, a bit of a bit of a square. But did you know yeah. that Atticus can shoot a gun and shoot a rabid dog? Yeah. That so so they, did, they didn't. They didn't. Um, they didn't. That, that bit's not covered. But the whole the whole thing of it is quite on the nose in a way because it's clearly so relevant to today's mm. times where yeah. you've got the whole idea of Atticus Finch as a character being trying to see the good in everyone and being this yeah. kind of well-meaning but ultimately naive liberal, mm. and then his kind of um, experiences with the the, um, the the case and and with the African American people that he kind of associates with the scales dropping from his eyes because of the case and yeah. all the rest of it and it, there is definitely a theme in it about him being seen as like quite weak willed and, and bleeding heart liberal and his kids are upset about it because he's always kind of make excuses for people's behaviour and stuff yeah it, I, it was it was it was a very very good I would recommend it it's a very very good play cool um, it's the first time I've been to the theatre to see a proper serious play like that that wasn't a musical I suppose for a while so it was nice one yeah. thing I did get pissed off about was that like the people's behaviour in the theatre pisses me off you know I'm a bit sensitive to it I think probably overly sensitive and it it's annoying that because they never used to let people drink in the theatre they used to let them drink in the interval before and after but now people can drink in the theatre oh and they're clanking it, around and clonking well, around do you know what mate it's just there was two people next to me um, so Mimi was on one side and then the two people next to me these two two women and they and they came in, sat down, and they had a bottle of wine each, right? <laughs> and so about by about forty five minutes in, they're talking quite loudly, and it's like, 
what are you fucking doing here? Like, what are you doing? Here? What was the point of this? Like, if you're here to have a catch up over a couple of bottles of wine, you shouldn't be doing it here. It's no. like seventy quid a ticket. It's so and expensive it, as well. Yeah, yeah. Everyone right. wants you to be quiet, right? How did they get and then, in with and then, that? Earlier in the run, right? I think I'm right in saying it was either earlier in this run or in a previous uh, play. Mm. Um, someone's phone went off during a, right, yeah. one of Attica, the Anaskus Finch monologue. And apparently Ray Spall went mental, mm. right? And kind of broke character. Mm. And no joke, uh, when one of the kids, I think it might have been Jem, the boy, his he was excellent, by the way. I mean, he's only young. Amazing achievement to be so good at acting at that age. He was doing his monologue. Someone's fucking phone went off. Right, okay. It's like, how crap have you got to be these days to not be able to put your phone on silent? Yeah, it's... Would that I, annoy you? It does, anno- it does annoy me. There's, there's really no need for it. Um... But I I like it when the there was a scene in the US office where that happened and the guy tried they were doing a production of Sweeney Todd and the guy tried to sort of freestyle with it. What is that? A tweeting bird? <laughs> I like a bit more of that if you don't mind. Like Agnes Finch going, "You're going to go to prison if you keep doing that." Thank you. <laughs> yeah, in character. Yeah, <laughs> just pulled a shotgun out. <laughs> <laughs> but you know they were really hot on it in the theatre. The usher came and took the phone off them. Are they allowed to do that? Yeah, well, I don't know. They, they, I I I I. I with my own eye saw them mm. handing it back to her at the end yeah interesting so yeah anyway that was good oh. I enjoyed it it was good and they were, just to, just to do a do classic theatre reviews yeah quite, quite a classic Luke and Pete show pivot as well yeah is one thing I would recommend to you uh, have you seen that um, that Mother Teresa documentary that came out no uh, it's called no. For the Love of God uh, it's um, no but I've read articles about this was a book wasn't it like about 10 years ago that it was kind of based on wasn't it Christopher Hitchens wrote a book I think it was longer than 10 years ago if you think right. of the same one as me but um, she was a shit by the way <laughs> I had no she, idea she um, I, I knew I knew that her uh, like many historical figures it, it, the, the truth is very different but it's never that different <laughs> yeah this was this was actually quite different it was this like was actually she seemed from... to she seemed to very much like uh, Catholicism and very much didn't like people. <laughs> she like she really. Oh no, her she religion. liked some people. Dictators mostly. <laughs> yeah, worth a watch because um, I came out of that with the impression that like, wow, this is like properly psychotic stuff. Like almost the idea that like she she. So, so basically, the way apparently that the, the book that came out and now this documentary about is because this guy, this Indian guy who was a doctor. Mm. And um, obviously, a very socially conscious man seemed a very impressive man in the in the documentary. He clearly knew what he was all about, and had yeah. done this done this stuff where he would he had covered what Mother Teresa had been up to. <laughs> it's like he said he would visit like the, the West, he'd visit the US and visit Britain, and yeah. all he'd hear in the news was how much how amazingly Mother Teresa had transformed the streets of Calcutta. And every time he went back to Calcutta, like nothing had changed. He's like, there's, there's got to be something going on here. I want to investigate this. And he just worked out that she was pulling down like $100 million a year and none of it was being spent on poor people. It was like, <laughs> it's so not that awful. difficult, is it? I mean, it's not that hard to work out. But, but it, it got into some really interesting and actually quite like awful, harrowing stuff about how like Mother Teresa herself, essentially her philosophy was priding the idea of suffering to to emulate what Jesus apparently suffered. Yeah. And that was the most important thing. So it was almost like, no, no, no this kid here hasn't doesn't need to be treated properly. They just need to suffer the same way Jesus did because enjoy that's what the, God's enjoy design. Enjoy the pain and then they'll go to heaven. Yeah, and it was yeah, it's awful, yeah. awful stuff. But anyway, I think it was a three or four part documentary. Really worth watching. Very, very interesting. Um, and, but this is perhaps an unhelpful comparison on its face. Mm. But in principle... 
not too dissimilar to what we were talking about with Jimmy Savile, actually. You know, mm. so obviously in the public eye, so obviously courted and and properly like um, yeah, just courted by powerful people who wanted to be seen alongside her. Yeah. Um, when actually, if you just did the vaguest amount of scratching beneath the surface, all of it was a bit weird. At best, yeah, I'm I'm fairly certain on the trees thing. I'm fairly certain that our our um, Catholic school was peppered with uh, depictions of her, pictures of her. I'm fairly certain that's the case. Well, she's been she's been sainted now. She's like yeah. a proper saint. Yeah, she, like it, it, I mean, it's so it's so weird. Like the whole nature of like sainthood and stuff. Mm. They just oh yeah, she did this miracle, so she can be a saint now. But and it, everyone, every doctor in the in the in the in the vicinity when this miracle apparently happened was literally like that didn't happen, <laughs> and it didn't happen. But the uh, but the 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 um, I think it was a f- um, obviously uh, the football team leads are and kind of were in in a bit of trouble, uh, going to get relegated. And the, their new Ted Lasso style manager um, had three people that he was kind of basically giving them quotes from, and it was Mahatma Gandhi, uh, Mother Teresa, and uh, and and John F Kennedy. Now at least two of those. Modern theory Who's the is very one? much kind of flipped on. Say again. Who was the first one? Uh, Mahatma Gandhi. So okay, all all three of them problematic. <laughs> well, I can tell you Gan- why. Gandhi Gandhi almost definitely fucked his niece. Um, <laughs> Mother Teresa was a nightmare woman who killed yeah. people and 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 put them in this in in uh, financial and and pain bondage uh, for, for to better the, the catholic church and the third one would fuck anything that moved <laughs> well and also was you know a complicated figure and you know had was not without his merits but was also essentially one of the main components of a criminal political criminal fucking gang dynasty <laughs> yeah yeah crazy crazy choice on Mad. the mother Teresa thing it was like the miracle um, that she needed to have been to have, have performed to become right. a saint. Yeah. Right. In 2002, was recognised by the Vatican as the healing of a tumour in the abdomen of an Indian woman um, after an application of a locket containing Mother Teresa's picture. Um, a beam of light apparently emanated from the picture, and a cancerous tumour was cured. Um, a guy from the New York Times just went there and found out in about ten minutes that she uh, had medicines and uh, procedures for nine months, nine to twelve months to, to to fix it. That was the coup de grace, though, mate. The little <laughs> yeah. little. Yeah. I've been sat in this in this chair getting dialysis for. Uh, <laughs> just imagine, imagine the guy from the fucking representative of the Pope on the phone. Did she have any? Um, did she have any treatment as well? Did she? Did, did. she? Okay, okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. We'll we'll, 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 have, we'll have a think about that then. Yeah. We'll definitely have a think about that. What? She had twelve months of radiotherapy. Did she? Okay. All right. Yeah. We'll probably give Mother Teresa the benefit of the doubt, though. You know. It's, it's mad. It's mad. It, 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 twi- I'm sorry to offend anyone with this, but 2022. I mean, this is mad talk. This <laughs> madness. Is mad. It's a madness, yeah. it is. Anyway, should we have a break okay. to compose ourselves? Yes. Because I want to do an email about white men can't jump after the advert break. Speaking of pivots. Bring it on. Bring it on. We're back with Luke and Pete Shaw, and if you want to get to the show, it's real simple, depending on how hard you find interfacing with the computer, I guess. Uh, the email address is hello at lukeandpeteshaw.com. Uh, you can get us on Twitter. You can tweet us individually if you want, and we'll send the stuff to the producer, Rory, and he'll stick him in a running order. I think that's yeah. how that usually works, isn't it? Um, so, yeah, if you want to get to the show, you've got all of those options. And uh, Luke's going to kick off this half with a little bit of uh, White Man Can't Jump chat. Yeah, a little bit included in White the... White Man Can't Jump chat. White Man Can't Jump chat. It's very Stop hard to this. say. By the way, um, for my friend Amy, by the way, how far, how hard do you... The thing is, when you said, I'll oh, depend on how hard you find it 
to interact with your computer. Yeah. You're someone who makes it hard to interact with your own computer, don't you? Because you're always fiddling. Uh, not always fiddling. I'm always, I'm always, yeah, yeah I'm always, I am always fiddling. I can't, I can't uh, debate that. Any, um, any latest updates? Have you updated your um, operating system to Monterey yet? <laughs> I've not, no, but I was, I was fixing the computer with uh, producer Charlie and a guy from Broadcast Bionics. What a name for a company. Great Broadcast company, Bionics. Uh, fixing the stack uh, cameras and stuff. And, uh, and then my partner rang up with more tech uh, issues so I was on the phone I was, we were emailing this bloke and trying to get that fixed and with IP conflicts and all that stuff and then uh, and then Sarah had problems with her computer which was kind of my fault because I uh, I hadn't reattached um, the, the computer properly and she she, she, she panicked so uh, I was, I, I, I'd like to say I was the world's first <laughs> digital DJ <laughs> Sorry if you heard uh, Magnus the Cat interrupting your story meow. With his, with his meow, meow. Loud meows. He decides that whenever the door shut, he wants to come in the room. Oh. You can probably see him there, right? You can hear it. Yeah, I can hear it. Oh, he's laying down. He's gone. Meow. Yeah, he's had enough. He's, now. he's, he's um, a conspiracy theorist. He will say some terrible things during the show. Yeah, don't worry. I won't mark him up. I won't mark him up. Um, yeah, speaking Steel of that. Beams, yeah. meow. <laughs> with, your, um, with the partner you have access to. I got in trouble with uh, Mimi, the, uh, I think it was yesterday. Hmm. That might have been this morning. Anyway, because right. she asked me, she had asked me to do something. She's been working a lot, so she's not been at home much. And then she kept asking me to do stuff. And admittedly, I forgot to do it. And um, she got pissed off because she saw a message from me, hmm. a WhatsApp, saying, and she thought it was going to say, I'd done this thing. Right. Um, so when she finished her meeting, she um, she opened the, the message expecting to say, yeah, I've done all that. No worries. Uh, it's all sorted. Yeah. When in factual fact, she just got a picture, a photo uh, from me of a van uh, called uh, Mr. Pump. <laughs> which I thought was funny and then I said underneath look he's also got a Mr. Pump cap in the windscreen and I just got a reply saying what are you doing <laughs> but it's like a guy it's like a guy's business who pumps concrete into houses and he's called Mr. Pump it's quite a good name uh, but, well it doesn't really explain what he says I don't think no no because he, he's got like um, um, it's, he's got a soak on the back of his like van it's obviously like tongue in cheek I can't remember what exactly what it is but it's something like <laughs> no mess just pumping or something like that. No mess, just <laughs> no mess, no fuss, just concrete pumps or something like that. <laughs> yeah, so she was absolutely beside herself, unhappy right, about okay. that. I still haven't done it, by the way. It's involving our new bathroom. I just can't bring myself. Anyway, no Amy, idea. Amy, thank you for getting in touch and thank you for being so patient, hearing your name and then not hearing your email. I'm going to read it out now. Um, it's about um, American Candy, Pete, referring to something you talked about, but also about what we can't jump. Um, she said, hello, I couldn't help emailing the show after hearing a discussion on vintage movie Candy and the film White Men Can't Jump. Mm. Firstly, Pete's Candy Game is on lock with some underrated favourites, in my opinion. Um, you've probably already figured out the name of the licorice candy that you liked. Have you figured it out, Peter? It's good and plenty, baby. Good and plenty, exactly. Mm. But what you may not know is it's a great companion to Milk Duds. Right? Oh, I'll mix them together. Nice. Yeah, might, Amy says it might take a bit to strike your perfect dud to GMP ratio. Mine is right. about one to six, but once you do, you'll be hooked. So I'd so like hang on. to go so you, and do that, Pete. So you have four good and plenties to uh, sorry, uh, six good six. and plenties to one uh, milk dud. Or the other nah, way around. milk duds are small, right? I reckon it's probably six milk duds to one good and plenty. I'd say. Right. Okay. I love a milk dud. I love anything yeah. a bit milk. I love those little kind of milky cola bottles you get sometimes. Delicious. I quite like milk colour bottles. Yeah, I'm not really a fan of chewy mm. sweets generally, but I don't mind those. Mm. Anyway, Amy says, moving on, uh, White McCann Jump is a classic, and Luke's summary was absolutely on point. But in honour of the 30th anniversary of the film's release, mm. 
ESPN recently aired a feature reuniting Wesley Snipes, Woody Harrelson and Rosie Perez, along with writer and director Ron Shelton. It was brilliant. Definitely worth it. Have a look and see if it's available on the TV, on the TV of Access 2. It's definitely worth a watch. Uh, so I'll definitely check that out because it's one of my favourite films. But actually, coincidentally enough, and the reason I wanted to read this email is because um, <laughs> I was on the way home from the office earlier and someone had left um, a newspaper supplement on the train uh, seat, so I started reading it, and it was an in-depth interview with the aforementioned Rosie Perez, who was the, the love interest to Woody Harrison in White We Can't Jump, yeah. as Amy says there. And um, it's basically talking about the amazing life she's had. I had no idea. So she had this crazy upbringing where like, basically her parents almost abandoned her. Mm. She's um, Puerto Rican heritage, and she grew up in Bushwick in um, Brooklyn. Right, and she was raised by her aunt, who she thought was her mother until she got older and found out what had happened to her. And then she became this dancer and this choreographer. So she was J-Lo's choreographer for a while. And then she got picked up by Spike Lee uh, and was in Do the Right Thing. He spotted her at some nightclub and, and she got a break then. And she was, um, and she's known as being like super fierce, right? Mm. And um, she apparently, like legendarily, when she got her first agent, right, um, at CAA, I think she's with, um, she apparently, did, as legend has it, cause a little bit of research into it. She walked into the room with the owner of the or the big cheese at the business as this up and coming kind of Puerto Rican actor, and said um, before he could even say anything, said, "I don't want to hear anything from you. Get me in the room that you put the white women in, and do it as soon as possible." <laughs> and the guy was like, "Okay." <laughs> apparently, she's like proper fierce, right? Anyway, so. Recently, apparently, her and Woody and Wesley were presenting an award. I forget where it is. I'm going to say Golden Globes. I can't remember, mm. right? And the Golden Globes, apparently, presentation, the three of them, was a bit of a disaster because she, Rosie Perez says she couldn't find where Woody and Wesley, Wesley Sipes and Woody Harrison were. And when she eventually found them, they were sat in Woody Harrison's car and hitting a bong. <laughs> and she said it was really annoying because like they just basically came on stage and they were in the right old state and the interviewer said oh is that what it was like working with them when you did what I can't jump and she said I don't want to comment on that <laughs> she just came across as like the, 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 the sickest like, like toughest woman ever that's brilliant <laughs> the, uh, speaking of other queens did you, not, did you see that uh, the queen popped in to uh, have a look at the old uh, Elizabeth line last week yeah, have you been on the Elizabeth line yet? No, I really want to. Tell people what it is, because if they're not from the UK. Well, it's this line that's been promised for what feels like 15 years. It's finally here, except it isn't finally here. It won't open fully until 2023. Uh, oh, right, so getting... it's not actually even properly open then? Not the full. Uh, you've still got to change it to Liverpool Street if you want to get from Shenfield to the west of the west of. Oh, London. that's battalion to your interest as well. I can tell why you're upset about it. Well, I, just, I mean, I just think that she, like the Shenfield, you can now get from I think Bond Street to Liverpool Street in seven minutes, which is, I think that's quite big. Isn't that's it? good. That's, that's quite a good. And, one, and is it is it the big trains like the DLR type trains or the Circle Line trains or is it? Like I don't actually know. Tube? No, I don't actually know. I think it's just a. I think it's your bog standard train to be honest. I think it's it's a little bit like the. Um, uh, What's the cross link, cross rink, cross rail? Uh, no, no, no. What's the train that goes from like Kings Cross down to Brighton, uh, like Wellington oh, City down? And so, all those kind of Thames weird link. kind of ones. Thames Link, that's the one. Uh, yeah. I think it's a little it's bit like, like that, that but east okay. to west. Yeah, I'll go on it. I mean, I think it's, it looks pretty good. Yeah, I'm, I'm, well, you go I'm, from like Reading. You got you can you will eventually be able to go to Red from Reading to Shenfield, Reading to the centre of town, really, really quickly. Um, but this is great chat here. from you. What? It's just great chat. What do you I'm, mean? I, I love how passionate you are about yeah. it. Yeah, well, I'm passionate until she, uh, apparently she doesn't know how to use a fucking Oyster card. Like, um, what's his name? Rishi Sunak? What, did he not know how to use the Oyster card either? Did Rishi Sunak try to pay for some petrol in like a really weird way? 
Oh right, okay. Didn't, didn't like, didn't like. Um, he was I, borrowing I, I a car the... and all that. He was borrowing like a. Yeah, a, it was a the shit same incident. It was like the, it was like the world shittest photo shoot because it was the same day, I think. And, and and he and he tried to pay for something. So you know, like TV, you know, like um, like shops have got that, some shops now have those plastic screens because of COVID. Yeah. So he went up to the counter to pay for. I presume the petrol that you're talking about. And the guy said, oh, how much it was. And he just held his um, debit card up against the plastic screen <laughs> and just well, stood guess, there holding it. Well, I guess somebody could have one of those mobile machines and they could lift it to the screen. Surely, no? Yeah, but it just looked insane. <laughs> it, it looked like he had never done it before, which he probably hadn't. And the thing is, and this is what gets this is like the thing about, you know me, I'm a bit of a... I'm a bit of a tyrant when it comes to like doing things properly, aren't I? And you, and you find right. it tedious, and I understand that. You know, on the other hand, we recorded something the other day that you lost. So, you know, things do go either way, mm. right? The point being, like, I don't know, with all the staff they've got, why it's just not, they just don't just sit down and say, this is how you do this. Like, yeah. it's, it happens all the time, Pete, when you fucking see a member of the fucking cabinet going into a normal pub. They should never go in there. Ne- but, unless they're going to follow the brief, don't let them in there. But if you but if you can't follow the brief, if you can't follow, if someone asks you, what's your solution to the food banks? What's your solution for the fuel crisis? What's your solution to it? And their best thing is just get a better job. They they've not be- their spads are not doing anything. Like what? Wh- how have they got to the point yeah. where they're in front of a TV interviewer and they're saying stuff like that? Um, uh, that you know, that's the thick end of a wedge. I think the thin end of yeah. the wedge is learning how to pull a pint or drink a but pint I think or eat way, a sandwich. Y- y- you are right to bring that up, and I think in the current era we're in, we're way beyond this fucking uh, like embarrassing photo shoot thing. Like, you're absolutely right. If people are basically doing the modern Mary Antoinette, mm. then there's nothing you can do about it. I mean, we just basically live in a cacistocracy where mm. the, the, the most unsuitable people for, for governance are governing, which is insane, especially given how long the current law have been in, in mm. power. But what I'm talking about is a, something much more quaint and much more kind of trivial than that, where it's just that they'll get someone who's quite important in the political scheme of things mm. and they'll think it's a good idea to take them to a provincial pub because there's, they've dropped a penny off tax in the budget or something on beer, right? So they want a photo shoot. Yeah. Yet... The fucking Chancellor cannot wait for a pint to settle before he sips it, you know, <laughs> or he can't even hold a pint. Like, they yeah. literally cannot hold a pint in their hand <laughs> without looking like a fucking alien, right? It's like, I don't care if it's patronising, just practice it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's embarrassing. It right. you, you see George Osborne that time just supping on a pint of Guinness before it's even settled. Like, but this is fair, something that actually speaks to a lot of people in this country. Every normal, everyday people like us see that and think, that is insane. Mm. That's insane. I'm more, uh, I would say that I've been practicing that all my life. I've been practicing how to drink pints all my life. Yeah. yeah. I think they should get you to consult. Exactly. A lot yeah. of money in, it. Lot money in the consultancy, properly. mate. Yeah, lovely. Get Accenture could open up a whole fucking area <laughs> on, on <laughs> supping, how to sup. <laughs> anyway, let's fucking go, because we're talking oh, about politicians, so go. let's just go. God. I'll delete the show anyway, don't worry about it. Um, we'll be back <laughs> do you on... want to tell people what you did or not? What do you mean? Well, we recorded a little thing and I, I clipped the wrong bit out and, you know. But, I mean, fundamentally, the backup system that I created from my own fair hand would have saved things. If yeah. I don't know, yeah, yeah, I mean, it would. Do you remember me telling you not to record it on the end of that twenty-five minute piece of audio that was already running in the studio? And you said, "Look, be fine. the difference between me and you is I'm a <laughs> I'm a do-it-yourself kind of guy, and the difference between you is you just get someone else to do it. So by the yeah. you could very easily record that yourself, but you didn't. So no, you didn't. were telling me what to do. So that's, that's how, what you get. 
You chose the wrong organ grinder. How unhappy are you with me and out of 10, but then compare it to how unhappy you are with yourself? Uh, oh, no. My, 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 I've got like a... You know, like... Um, you're like the... When Chernobyl happened, you're the, like the burning radiation that's a real problem. But I've got... Everything's, <laughs> everything's emitting radiation all the time. You know what I mean? We've all got yeah. radiation in us. We're all emitting radiation. So, yeah. Uh, I feel like I'm the one who didn't know what it was and then picking it up with my bare hands and you're the radiation. <laughs> and all I want is a pair of good gloves. That's what I feel like. <laughs> all right, then. Let's get out of here. We'll be back next time around with more loads of stuff battery brands all kinds of stuff uh, if you've seen a battery in something you've got uh, email us with a picture and it, we need the bloody picture for crying out hello at lunkfeature.com yeah. uh, you can also get in touch via twitter and also the instagram as well we'll be back soon have a lovely evening or morning wherever you're listening to us Luke and Pete Show is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.